everyone, and welcome to Pedro Pascal, a Pedro Pascal podcast, where we go through the filmography of the actor Pedro Pascal. I'm your co-host, Rachel Leishman. And I'm your other co-host, Katrina Dennis. And we're here for what is now going to be, what a wonderful, I guess, two months and a week for you um, where we break down the most recent episode of the HBO series and adaptation of the sa- of the game of the same name, The Last of Us. This wide shot is giving me way too much power. Like I can do so much with my hands right now. I just, yeah, I feel like I'm on the Muppets or something. It is, it is making me sad, my camera angle, because no one can see that I'm wearing really cool corduroy pants. Um, <laughs> They're green, um, sure. which I, goes with the theme of The Last of Us. Yes, it does. Uh, but before we get started on a breakdown of the premiere, premiere, primer, premiere, premiere episode of The Last of Us, uh, Katrina, how have you been? Uh, pretty freaking great. I I just started a, a new job um, at Skybound Entertainment. They make this other zombie show. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, uh, it's just a little thing. So I'm <laughs> really, I'm and really. That I'm zombie show is called just, just a little indie Station show. 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I'm excited uh, to to be here talking about this. I'm excited about the fact that like we're gonna do these re- weekly recaps, and then we have to like face the fact that once we reach March and we're still we're like finishing these recaps, we are then going to have to probably. And definitely recap the Mandalorian. So, yeah, because we've never had—we're not going nowhere. Yeah, because we've never had—we've um, never done this podcast when things are airing regularly. Because mm-hmm. um, there was that wonderful period of time where it was just like a movie would come out, and we would talk about that, but it was never like a TV show mm-hmm. uh, airing. So, you know, great for us. Um, we're gonna have some fun guests. A lot of people want to join the podcast to talk about this stuff, so it's going to be fun. Um, I'm very excited because I did talk to Ashley, our producer, and Katrina before this about my friend who did the playthrough for me of The Last of Us wants to join mm-hmm. because um, I love Sophie and Sophie played through this game for me because otherwise I wouldn't know nothing about The Last of Us because I originally am bad at video games. Um, <laughs> unless you're talking like animal crossing i'm great at my island oh my god we should play disney dreamlight valley sometime yes (laughs) i have to find my charger for my switch uh i don't know where my charger is because i've gotten way too into marvel snap i'm like "Uh, (laughs) it's time for you i'm playing marvel snap um but yes uh we i'm very excited we're gonna be doing this every week Mm-hmm. Um, because the last of us is airing finally and it's really exciting and the premiere episode I keep saying almost primer instead of premiere for some reason <laughs> but the premiere episode um, this was my third time watching it mm-hmm. um, and it's still just so good I every time I watch it I have the same thoughts running through my head a lot of which are um, how hot <laughs> <laughs> this episode mm-hmm. um but katrina what were what were your thoughts on, uh, uh the pilot along with that um i i just really love it like it's just just to like initial thoughts like i think the show is super well paced um there was 
you know, as someone who has played the game and someone who knows what's going to happen for the most part, like I was still kind of on the edge of my, sh my seat. I was still like trembling at certain parts. Like I, I really like the, the care I think that has been put into this show and some of the, the additional stuff that we saw to really set up like the atmosphere of it. Um, I really like it. And honestly, like I've, I've heard a lot of people saying this is Pedro's one of his best performances ever. And already I, I absolutely agree with that. Like he's, he's really putting his whole Pedroshi into this one. So. <laughs> yes. He is. Um, yeah, he is putting his into this. I've been um, waiting to say that forever. <laughs> so, like, there, uh, before we get into, like, the meat of the episode, there's not really much news. Uh, the the premiere did happen. I went to the last one's event, but we're going to talk about that on another episode, so you guys will have to wait and tune in. Is there, there was news that the, uh, the Mando trailer is dropping next week? Tomorrow. 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 Oh, my God. Which we're doing this on Sunday night. So on the 16th, we will have a trailer for The Mandalorian. I will be up late writing it for the Mary Sue. <laughs> but the trailer is <laughs> dropping during Monday Night Football. Um, and what other news? Oh, Pedro Pascal was sick. He canceled some talk show host performances. I hope he's doing oh, no. better. I hope he's all right. Uh, I hope he's doing better. Um, he did share some someone's artwork today on Instagram, who I really like. Just Ralphie and I are now Instagram friends because of just Ralphie's work is so cool. Um, um, yeah. So there was a lot of like little things happening. Just like I said, just Ralphie got um, their uh, their artwork shared, which was really cool, and a lot mm. of stuff is just getting was getting boosted about the show recently. Um, but now the show is out, so I'm sure there's going to be a lot more news and people talking about it and getting reactions from it um, in the coming weeks. But uh, I'm really excited to break down this episode and talk about what happened and kind of like how it was different from the game and where the, all those like layers kind of fold into each other. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hyped to. I, I don't sound hype because I'm like really mellowed out right now, but uh, but I'm I'm really excited to just kind of like break this whole whole thing down and like maybe even like talk a little bit about like my experiences with the game because I started my like my first press job ever was going hello Lauren uh, to Smashbox Studios Lauren everybody she's my special Lauren guest today. is another tuxedo kitty because. Mm -hmm. This podcast only likes tuxedo. We, yep, this is all. This is all we do is tuxedo cats, uh, and she's here having fun. Um, she'll be um, putting in her opinions as well. She was watching with us <laughs> for certain parts of the episode, so I'm sure she'll have a lot to say. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so yeah, so my first press job was going to in LA was going to Smashbox Studios um to do a dual event uh with the last of us and i believe it was god of war the not three but the prequel that came out before three um and so that was like the first interview i ever did was with one of the one of the developers um and i got to play some of the original gameplay in like this parking garage that didn't make it to the game so yeah it's i'm really excited and 
obviously we know um, I had to watch someone play through because I am bad at video games. Um, and I wanted to know the story. To be fair to me, I am not bad at video games. I just wanted to enjoy this because I knew it was very cinematic uh, on the level of um, exploring the cinematic nature of it without having to deal with like the stress of playing a video game. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just watch it played through. I do now want to go back and like actually play the game, but uh, until I get a PlayStation with The Last of Us capabilities, um, I'm I'm fine exploring the story through the show and through what I know from part one and two of the games. Yeah, Which then, I mean, obviously, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so so far the show has been a, a really like faithful adaptation to the game. Yeah. Like that that I mean, I did, you know, you uh you see them do things that are like direct mirrors of of uh what happens in the video game. So, uh pretty pleased with that so far. Spoiler warning. 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 Spoilers. Spoilers. If you don't want to know anything about the Last of Us pilot in some little game spoilers but not many, but if you don't want to know beware we talk about it. Go watch the pilot. Go play the game. I don't know what you want to do, but just go do it. Seriously, go watch the show before Bye. you jump Bye. into this. Bye. Yeah, which does bring us to uh, the show itself. Um, I think the best way we should go about this is just kind of breaking it down and talking about each section because it is in kind of three distinct sections mm-hmm. for the most part in this pilot because um, we have three time jumps or two time jumps, three time periods. Sorry. Yes. So it's it opens with 1968, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which is a talk show um, with uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry to this man's name, but it was the it's the guy from Silicon Valley and Mythic Quest, um, and he is hosting this talk show with two scientists. Mm-hmm. The 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 man in the middle, me and my friends are I've seen that man in things, and I. I cannot for the life of me remember <laughs> what I've seen that man in things from, but like I know I've seen him before, so it's been driving me crazy. Um, and then on the far side is uh, John Hanna from Four Weddings at the Funeral. Um, mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> if anyone can remember where I know that middleman from, please let me know. I feel like he was death in like some show that had the Four Horsemen, but I cannot remember why I know his face. I can't help but, either. Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I just have seen that man before. Um, but so the idea is that the scientists are talking about how like um, there could be uh, like a worldwide epidemic uh, based on in a fungus outbreak. And the scientist in the middle is like, yeah, no, like that happens, but not in humans. Like it doesn't work that way. And the one scientist is kind of being like, like negating his ideas, not in a bad way, but in like a, if the circumstances exist within the world, it could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, hinting that global warming is a bad thing. um, Mm -hmm. And that global warming could cause pandemics and diseases that we didn't have before because the weather is changing and viruses and fungi and things adapt. Yep. It's almost like science warns us. Yep. Um, but <laughs> it's almost like science knows some shit. It is just all these scientists kind of talking about what could happen in the 1968 
Um, I think it's a, an interesting uh, scene too, because it's like you, you start listening to the middle scientist uh, and he's essentially talking about COVID, um, uh, which is just kind of like nail in the head there. But, uh, but then it, it, it moves into something that like, we right now find to be fantasy you know like it's it's not it's not realistic for us to believe that weird shit could happen um but weird shit can happen as the show uh you know poses well and it's it's a nice addition i think to the like story and like there's a i don't want to spoil the future of the show but there are like nice additions that explain kind of uh the cordyceps um uh, infection a little bit more and Mm -hmm. so i i like that because it's like um it's different and like listen people who are you know just want to complain about things are already mad about the fact that instead of spores uh which we'll get to in a minute the clink the clippers and the infected have tendrils which are like things coming out of their mouths um and in one of my articles, someone's like, that's the reason I'm not watching this show, because they're not truthful. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I wouldn't, as much as I enjoyed that game and I watched it and learned about it in the pandemic, I don't necessarily need to see a show where if the spores are heavy, these people can see and avoid, like, yeah, I wish that existed with COVID so I could go places and not have on and right. be like, be like, oh, like yeah yeah well, was, I also I, think... that's a change i enjoy because i was like yeah i don't i don't want a show where i'm watching people in gas masks i'm sorry i get it it's a mm-hmm. pandemic that turned people into zon- like trust me we all had that fear we all remember when they were like planning on burning people in the mm-hmm. pandemic a real thing that happened um for corpses because they were mm-hmm. like i don't know what's gonna happen like we all remember so mm-hmm. like i don't know i guess yeah I mean, I, I, and I'm glad that it came out now as opposed to much earlier. Um, yeah. even, even like last year, it would have been a little too overwhelming for me. But like, I also think on, on the topic of the spores, like it's hard to shoot that thing. Like it's hard to shoot, like film that kind of development and make it like impactful. And that's that's the difference between like the video game and, and like filming a TV show um, in that respect is that like, you have to show something that kind of, I don't want to say like has shock value, but is like mm-hmm. visible and a hard hit from the beginning so that you know, like, this is what happens. Like it grows out of their mouths from infecting inside of their bodies. So I think, I think that was the smart choice because like, I just, I don't think it would have hit as hard if we like saw spores, you know? Yeah. Like I don't know. I mean, we'll get, again, we'll get into it more, um, because I I still want to stay on the 1968 uh, section, but, like, yeah. There are changes within the show that make a lot of sense. Part of, one of those changes is the 1968 section. I like the show, unlike the game, um, for those who are listening who have not played the game, the game starts with the prologue, which is Joel and Sarah before Outbreak Day, um, and their kind of life before that, which we get into in the show. Mm-hmm. That's the 2003 section. But um, the 1968 is kind of setting up where there are people who are aware that this can happen. And they're trying to kind of set in motion this idea. And they're like, we're not trying to fear monger you. We're just trying to tell you it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, and much like, you know, our society as a whole 
it, it, it people don't listen. Um, and so you do have to turn to fear mongering in order to get people to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, uh, what I do kind of like is that the show very clearly does not fear monger because no one is afraid until it is too late. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a kind of nice touch that they are like setting the seeds in motion. Everyone was like, that can't happen. And then kind of shows what happens when you completely like, when you ignore all the warning signs leading up to something. Um, but what did, what did, what did you think uh, of adding that section kind of to the show? I think it was really helpful. I mean, the it's it, it was a nice way to set it up without, because it wasn't a very long scene. It was like, what, two, three minutes long tops? Um, yeah, it about- was a nice, easy, like, direct way to set up, like, this is what could happen. Oh, no, it happened. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. it, it, uh, it, it kind of, like, uh, just shows you what the science of the show is, which I, I'm very interested in. Like, I think that uh, in a lot of, like, like zombie fair um we don't really get into the science of how it worked it's more like oh no they're bitten now they're infected but this is like actually giving reason and backing in world uh about how like this could happen so yeah yeah which both uh, terrifies me and i appreciate because one of the reasons why it took me so long to watch the walking dead um and I didn't finish The Walking Dead. I watched like three and a half seasons and then stopped watching it. Was I, I don't like the idea of a zombie apocalypse. Terrifi- I'm terrified of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the reasons why like The Last of Us, like uh, the way it appealed to me was weird because like it takes me a minute to get into that idea. Because mm-hmm. I'm especially, especially with COVID, I'm like people are, are just stupid enough yeah. that like we could <laughs> Pretty much have, have had that, mm-hmm. um, given how many people just did not give a fuck. But uh, what I liked is that, like, it was not necessarily, it was from human folly, but it was from human folly because they weren't listening to environmental signs. So it was not like mm-hmm. a bunch of people went out infected <laughs> and got everyone else infected. It was these guys were warning them, like, hey, like, if we continue to kill the planet, we could be dealing with like dire consequences because uh, fungi and amoebas and like all of these like bacterial things adjust to their surroundings mm-hmm. to survive. <clears throat> where yes, humans do. Um, that's why we have Darwinism and survival of the fittest. But we don't on their molecular level. So it is mm-hmm. like I like that the show. I'm I'm fucking killing it with these terms right now. I was like, well, I sound like a little scientist. We're using so um, many big words this episode. It's so great. Our oh listeners are like, wait, hold on. Did Rachel become smart? Mm-hmm. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> I passed the AP bio exam. Uh, but, but like, it is, I like that they added that science part. Clearly, I like science. Um, But it is just like, knowing how it is, labeled as a bacteria and a fungi fighting for its right to survive in this world and doing whatever it takes to survive meaning it could evolve into being able to affect humans like I I like that added layer Mm -hmm. because the game didn't necessarily have that but it was understood like oh it's a fungi um but they you know fungus 
and different types of fungus have spores. So like we did it that way. Um, and yet the, sh- I don't know, the show was just, I like, I liked that addition. Mm-hmm. So then it was like, you went into the next section kind of having an idea of like, when you would hear the news kind of clippings in the back, you would kind of be like, oh, it's what that guy was saying. It's what the man from four you know, was yeah. warning you. Mm-hmm. it's a good it's a good setup i like that a lot and i we'll get into like the next section but i really like the mm-hmm. way it, it then unfolds you know yeah which okay so then it goes it has like you know those three guys talking about science and being like of course the middleman my enemy like i never i i again if you guys want to tell me who that man was and what i've seen <laughs> him in i would appreciate it I feel like it was a CW show. Mm-hmm. Um, but that man uh, kind of negating uh, John Hanna being like, yeah, no, it can't happen. It can't happen was, you know, obviously not to compare it to what we just went through, but it was like, you know, Republicans and people who were like, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Only for it to, you know, be what three years later, and the only people who seem to be okay are the ones who got the Omicron booster, mm-hmm. the bivalent one. Like, whatever. Yeah, I'm not trying to get into that, but it is like that. The show kind of does lend itself to mm-hmm. that conversation of like, you know, we wrote this show, and yet it's just how society unfolded in 2020 through now mm-hmm. even though this game was 2023 or 2013 2013 way earlier yeah um the i think the long and short of it is um uh bad things happen when you don't listen to science <laughs> listen to science if you heard it here first folks Pancho yes. pascal says listen to science bad things happen um, when you don't listen to science kids <laughs> said said from a an AP bio uh, exam passer, Rachel Leishman, mm-hmm. and Katrina Dennis. <laughs> Listen to uh, science. Don't, I, I did not take AP bio, uh, but if science tells me something, <laughs> uh, I'm going to believe them. <laughs> I believe them. Um, you know, but so the, um, so then that section, which is, as Katrina said, it's not that long, it's a couple of minutes. But it is an awesome way to start the show, in my opinion. I liked when it didn't just kick off like the game. I kind of liked that edition. Then leads into 2003, which is the first kind of change to Joel and Ellie's story. And by Joel and Ellie, I mean just Joel mm-hmm. um, in this part. Uh, that was interesting, and I but I did enjoy it because you're not then you're not predicting the future as much. Mm-hmm by setting it uh, in the game world, because the game is set in 2013 when the game came out, Mm -hmm. but then jumps to uh, 2033. Yeah. Where this is 2003, making the modern timeline in 2003. Mm -hmm. I think they did that too. I I think they did that also to just kind of align with Pedro's age too, you know? Which is still a little iffy because, like, so, um, because he's 36 in 2003, yeah, 2003. So Mm -hmm. he is technically 56 when you get into, um, the like actual game Mm -hmm. or not game, but you know, I mean, like the modern storyline 
Um, Dude, if I go through an apocalypse and I look like that at 56, like... Okay, but we we can talk about the dyed look. Yeah. So so the 2003 section is really cool because it is, granted, in the game it is Sarah Miller's section who is Joel's daughter, but in the show we had to spend a lot of time with Sarah who's played by Nico Parker, who I love very much. Uh, She's a great actress. She's the daughter of Fandwee Newton. Um, and she was also in Dumbo, mm. where she's Colin Farrell's daughter. But <laughs> um, she just is raking in the hot dads. But um, it's really cool, I think, how they kind of did it, because you get a little bit of Sarah and Joel's dynamic in the game. You obviously care about Sarah. But the show really kind of shows, like, how important Sarah was to like Joel's everyday life mm-hmm. and how Joel functioned in the world and how much he loved her mm-hmm. um which makes the whole section I think that much richer as a whole yeah yeah and I I like that um we spend a lot of time in that section it's not from Joel's point of view it's mm-hmm. all Sarah like we follow her from beginning to end with this one and I think that that was like the right choice cinematically because it uh like overall i think the great the great thing about this show is that like joe joel is like he is a supporting technically like he's the lead but he's a supporting character to all of these women um that are in his life and it starts with mm-hmm. sarah so i think that that was like a very very good narrative choice to like really make her point of view and her daily life front and center and just send joel off um to go do his work and we followed sarah around for the day listen for better or worse we got it was all from sarah's perspective and i say better or worse because the our introduction to joel miller mm-hmm. um is a joe pascal shirtless in a bed um <laughs> and that is how we are introduced to joel as a character mm-hmm. uh not like and and it's one of those things where it's like so it cuts from 1968 and goes to 2003 and it's it was really cool because it shows and I only know this because my friend who played it through for me had the like opening like screen from the last of us on for so long Mm -hmm. with like the theme playing before you hit play Mm -hmm. that like for me when I was watching that scene in in the show and it shows Sarah in bed, but then shows Sarah's like curtains mm-hmm. flowing with like the dust. I was like, yeah, that's straight from the game. Mm-hmm. Like, the opening of the game. Cause I remember that. <laughs> like, I remember having to watch the opening like thing of the game for so long, <laughs> but um, it like, like Katrina said, it's really cool. Cause you are, which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause again, I've only watched my friend play it. You do play as Sarah a lot. Yes. Yeah. in that prologue and so it is really cool that we're kind of going with Sarah mm-hmm. through her day but it does mean that we get to spend more time with that character um, which again the game doesn't do a bad job uh, with Sarah but it is just one of those things where it's kind of like oh it's really nice because we're obviously going to spend more time with Tommy and Joel at a different mm-hmm. time like in, at a later date um, in the series but it was cool getting to like sit with Sarah and like see what she was like in school and kind of how sweet she was in comparison to Joel who like 
clearly if he didn't like you, he didn't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like it is so funny then when you look back on that section and you realize how you're introduced to these characters because it really is like, yeah, you're introduced to Tommy who is wearing the Tommy outfit mm-hmm. of the white shirt with the like salmon color button up over it. Just like hang out in their kitchen. And granted, if you've played the game, you know Tommy is like a pretty <laughs> badass character mm-hmm. when you kind of get into and he is like which again we'll get into it. It's a I like the change between Tommy and Joel's dynamic in the show versus the game. Um but mm-hmm. Like, that is different. And then Joel, obviously, the introduction. I was slightly stalling because Ashley, our producer, was getting a picture for me. Our introduction <laughs> to Joel is mm-hmm. shirtless in the bed with a deer. I didn't even look at the artwork in this room. Um, in his bedroom, first of all, what a weird dude bed. I would yes, never buy that I was bed headboard. That too. What like, is that bed frame? Like you can that absolutely... headboard is horrible. He got this off of like Facebook Marketplace for like twenty five dollars. <laughs> it's well, it is it's not great. It's one of those things where I'm like, this headboard very clearly was designed by a guy, or was like supposed to have like a shelving thing in it, or mm. have something for pillows and like design. Mm-hmm. Um. But Joel Miller decided not. And Joel Joel's artwork, first of all, it's 2003. He has no central heating in Texas. He is the best <laughs> fan. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> he has two posters, no frames on them, and a frame on a painting of some mountains with a deer or a bison. I can't see from, like, where it is. Um, but some large animal in the wilderness just on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's what we have. Um, and it's just like, that is the first introduction of Joel Miller into this show. Mm-hmm. is Which I guess is kind of cool because, um, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Like, you don't see his face for a hot minute. Like, you're still with Sarah. Because mm-hmm. it it does this, she says, alarm, and then she goes down and she's cooking eggs. And the second time we see Joel Miller is just, like, his neck. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I think about, uh, I don't know why, but that reminds me of, like, uh, like, when I was a kid and we did, like, research on other cultures and stuff for world history, there was, like, um, so I did like deeper reading, of course, because the internet was new that at that point, newish. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I found out that like the the back of like the reason that like geisha in Japan and Maiko have that deep um like uh slack in the back of their mm-hmm. their collar is because the back of the neck is considered like a very like a like like attractive um part of the body. They're correct. And, and they're right. <laughs> yeah. So bringing that to this, like, I, I just wonder, this reminds me of the moment in Mandalorian where we saw his wrist and, and it was just like, my word. Yeah, we've become Victorian women where we're like, oh my God, look at the neck. Goodness like, me, he's showing is, the back of his neck. <laughs> it is so funny that like this show, like for the most part, 
this pilot only gives us like hints of shirtless Pedro Pascal, and yet you're like, more please. And, it does <laughs> and listen again, as someone who I've seen the entire show, the most you get is a little tummy, and that's it. You don't get it. It's not like a full shirtless thing. You mm-hmm. get like little like here's my hip bone and I do feel again like a Victorian woman where I'm like oh my god stand to this I saw his hip bone like <laughs> but it just makes me it makes me it makes me happy because like I need to look up who like the writing directing etc team was because it just Craig feels Madison. yeah this show is like incredibly female gazy um well it, I mean that's I think Neil Druckmann was well aware and I think Craig Mazin just kind of went on it and understood as well. Like mm-hmm. we for so long have viewed kind of zombie-esque apocalypse stories as like, look at these men, look how strong they are. And this is the first time I think I've watched any of them. And I was like, if Tommy and Joel told me to get into my house, I would simply go into my house. Yeah, I'd simply like, go into wherever. <laughs> yeah. But he's yelling at fucking Denise. And later, when we get to that part of the section, he's yelling at Denise. I was like, girl, go in your house. First of all, the fact that you did not bag that hot neighbor is on you. But he told you to fucking go in your house and go in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like we were saying before, I went on a tangent about Pedro Pascal's neck. <laughs> and, um, you know, him with just, oh my God, it's so stupid how hot he is. Um, <laughs> just so stupid. I need everyone to understand, hey, listeners, come close. Let me tell you about watching these episodes where I'm supposed to be having an emotional connection to these characters, and I do. I have such an emotional connection to them. I'm like, oh, my God, this show is so good. I love it so much. It's my new obsession. But every time I would have some emotional reaction where I was crying or upset about something, I'd be thinking about how hot he was at the exact (laughs) same time. And we're going to get to the one that fully made the person. Um, at the end of this section like truly just like took me out mm-hmm. as a human being just was like what's wrong with me but like I thought the first time I watched this episode I was like oh it's just because like you know it's new it's new Pedro content I'm so excited whatever mm-hmm. then I watched it in a theater with a bunch of other people which uh, I know you can't do it anymore but I highly recommend finding a way to do that because a man at one point when uh We'll get to it in a second. But, like, when the dog is making, like, noise, he just, he went, they always know, out mm-hmm. loud. Um, and he was the only one making commentary, and he was my favorite person. <laughs> and then he went, like, that shit's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we, I, I absolutely, like, had, I had commentary with the dog. Like, I, yeah. I we'll, we'll get to it in a second. But, like, if your dog is running away from something, Run away with your dog. Like, run in that direction. Don't look back. (laughs) If your dog doesn't want to go into a house, don't go into the house. Uh, What I learned is Sarah and I are just very different people. We'll talk about it. Sarah's phrases are very different from mine. (laughs) My problem kept being, like, anytime anything happened that was, like, serious or, like, you were supposed to be, like, oh, a father loves his daughter, I'd be, like, damn, I wish that was my husband. Or, mm-hmm. like, later when she's, like, laying on his leg, I'm like, that's so cute, so father and daughter, but that's my family. Like, it was, it didn't matter. Like, I was like, that's my husband. Like, yep. Was Just a little out-of-body uh, like, experience. 
A lot of like, God, I wish that were me moments. <laughs> yeah, just really, like out of body and also like, hmm, I don't want to unpack my problems with this. Um, Pedro, if you were listening, I'm so sorry. But um, just like, and I think because, and maybe it is because the first time I had seen him and remembered seeing him was uh, Oberyn seeing him with this look where it is <laughs> the exact same dark, like it is, they, yep. they made as close as they physically could to making him 36 years old again mm-hmm. uh, just fully lost all sense of self um, and self-worth <laughs> yeah so we're still in 2003 mm-hmm. so the 2003 is like, really um, like it's just I, I, I loved it a lot because it just it gave a lot to Sarah like you mm-hmm. cared about that character more than I think in the game like she was a daughter who was the daughter of a single dad. Like, yeah, it, whatever. But the show, like, you're with her in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you're with her trying to get a good birthday gift for her dad. Mm-hmm. You're with her making breakfast for Joel. You're with her at the neighbor's house. Like, you're on this journey with her. I did say out loud that the woman in the store, the watch store, was enemy number one because she saw a child in a store by herself. Mm-hmm. heard the news and said just go home yeah go out into the streets child like <sighs> enemy no thank you that's that's rude like you i, I mean i guess been panic, like where do you like, live at the same time i don't know mm. but, but i think even I, even, like where do you live yeah yeah exactly like where where are you, you where you live what's your dad's number let's call him and get him over here yeah. um but yeah no go, i mean going back to like to your point i think that like they did a really great job like making us like really care about sarah because of what happens obviously um to her like we had to spend that much time with her like i i think it's very much like the game where like you have to walk in her shoes so that by the time you get to the point where you know she is no more um you're crying buckets and buckets and the way the show the show set that up was very smart like we we spent time with all the impactful like moments of her day, um, people who repetitively were in her life and knew her. Um, and I think that that's a really good, that was a really great setup. Yeah. And I think it's just, I liked how much Tommy was in it. I liked how much Joel kind of wasn't in it because we do get to spend so much time with Joel. And I like, mm-hmm. because I feel like if he had a normal day where he was home early, made dinner with her, it wouldn't have the same impact of like, I don't know. I've lost someone where I was too busy being a kid or living my life. And I was just like, I'll see you tomorrow, whatever. And mm-hmm. then they're not there the next day. And you're like, oh, well, like now I'm the asshole mm-hmm. who I didn't prioritize what that person wanted. And I like that we kind of have that with Joel where Joel is like, granted, it's very different. Mine was like, I was like five and, and my grandma like wanted to say goodbye, but I was playing in the backyard where this is like an adult version of that. But like, it's one of those things where you're like, it does change you as a person. Cause like my entire life, I, anytime someone calls me who I love, like, especially within my family, it doesn't matter how brief the phone call is. I tell them I love them because that's like, I want that to be the last thing they hear me say. Yeah. And you kind of are then informed throughout Joel's entire like future self because of this, where he didn't prioritize that day, which was his birthday and should have been what he wanted to do. And his daughter was trying to make that happen. He didn't prioritize any of that because he was like, oh, it's a normal day. I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. 
and it was the last day he kind of had with her. Um, And so it's just really kind of cool how the show um, navigated that. Because like we said, the game does, you are in Sarah's shoes, but it is not nearly as much time. I think the whole prologue is like 10 minutes at most. Mm-hmm. And this was like a good half hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that was a long, like long ass minutes but that's- hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was an hour and a half, but like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I loved it. That, I loved it. that yeah. was my three section. Um, so, okay. There's a, a lovely scene where Joel Miller, uh, is eating eggs with eggshells in it for his breakfast for his birthday while his brother's eating some frozen wings in the fridge uh, before they have to go to work. And he's loading up the truck and the neighbors, who I also know that man, if anyone wants to tell me why I know that guy from whatever, because I know who that guy is too. I was like, oh, I know. I've seen that guy and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the neighbors are like sitting outside and they were talking to Joel about the biscuits and Joel doesn't eat the biscuits, which I was like, there's something in the mix mm-hmm. of the bisquick. There's something in the bisquick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that guy offers them biscuits and Joel says, oh, I can't. I'm on Atkins. And there's a whole fucking like Atkins bit because again, it is <laughs> 2003. Yeah. Which yeah. I do want to clarify for the little kitties out there who are, if they want to fight Katrina and be like, hey, you couldn't just call anybody in 2003. You could. Cell phones had started to start showing up mm-hmm. everywhere. So you you could have called Joel. I don't know that Joel Miller was necessarily the kind of guy who right after 9-11 went and got a cell phone like a lot of people. He had one. He had a cell phone. He had a Nokia. Oh, he did have a Nokia. That's right. Nokia. He on the table. So you can absolutely call Joel Miller. And that was that was the back in the day. Play snake. Back in the day, we memorized each other's phone numbers so that we could call them. You know, I had my I parents' have phone numbers mem- memorized. Like that was a priority when yeah, mm-hmm. when cell phones happened. It was like you had to remember your parents' cell phone numbers. You remembered like, you know, your friends and stuff. Um, so yeah, yeah, uh, she could have absolutely called Sarah's mm-hmm. uh, dad to to come help, but you know, yeah. oh, I forgot about the Nokia. Yeah, because I saw it and I was like, Snake, you could play <laughs> Snake on that thing. <laughs> you could play, yep. play Snake on that. Well, this show is just so funny because it's like there's gonna be so many like younger Pedro Pascal fans who are gonna be like, oh my god, I was three, I was two, I wasn't even born yet. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I was the age of that child. I remember 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it did, the, I said this out loud when we were watching it tonight, but that classroom scene did remind me of the movie Remember Me, mm-hmm. where the sister is in a classroom and then the camera pans and it shows that it's, two, it's September 11th. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mm-hmm. was like, they're going to say it's 9-11, despite me knowing it was 2003. <laughs> was oh, like, gosh. Say it's 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, yeah. you know, you had George W. Bush's face like right there in the classroom. Like, it's hard not to you know, like, um, mistake it for 9 11. My friend found a tweet that was the picture of George W. Bush being told about the Twin Towers crash. And it was like, sir, they're turning into fungus. <laughs> it was like a 
The Last of Us. And I was like, Do you do you think he happened. would have survived? Do you think he would have oh. <laughs> George Bush for sure instantly dead? He was painting. He was oh painting God. somewhere instantly yeah. dead. In some uh, guys, it's we're allowed to make fun of this. We lived through it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Exactly. We I was there. Through. We put in our time, okay? Oh my god, it was so bad. <laughs> I remember Al Gore. We're we're on Al Gore's internet right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I loved getting to spend that time with Sarah a lot. I think it made the casting of Nico Parker worth it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um because she's too good for her to not have more time. Like there are some, like there were some casting announcements before this show came out where I was like, hmm, they're going to have to add a lot for mm-hmm. that to be worth it. Primarily like, you know, the Bill and Frank stuff, because we don't get to see Frank in the game. Frank mm-hmm. is just like a character, you know, exists mm-hmm. um, in like the main gameplay. And so um, when they cast Murray Bartlett as Frank, I was like, huh. Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta be doing something with that, because otherwise, why would you cast Murray Bartlett? Yeah. Um, and Nico Parker was the same way for me, where it was like, you gotta be adding more, because why would you give someone mm-hmm. like Nico Parker such a um, a role that's important, but like she doesn't have that much to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I like that they did that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that she really just knocked it out of the park with the mm-hmm. with this performance. So so she she goes, she fixes his watch with money she stole because if you guys don't know from the game, Joel wears a broken watch because it's what Sarah got him for his birthday, which is just a watch she had that was dead. Um, and so she goes to the neighbors um, with the old lady who's eating the biscuit, mm-hmm. um, and they're and she, they're making cookies. She's doing her homework. It's essentially like I don't know. Again, if you didn't grow up in this time period, you don't know how it was. But, like, if you came home from school and your parents weren't there, you either went to a neighbor's or if you were lucky enough to live in the same town as your grandparents, your grandparents came over. It was kind of like you either went to a neighbor's house and hung out Mm -hmm. or you hung out at a friend's who lived within, like, a nearby radius that your parents weren't, like, angry. They had to go pick you up from there. Yeah. Or a family member watched you. Like, that was kind of how we all grew up. We we were the Um, generation that came right after Latchkey Kids. We were... Because of all, and because of all the lessons that parents learned with latchkey kids, uh, we had to go to people's houses. Uh, so, and yeah. if you were like, we're like me, your, your neighbor, your neighbor was your best friend. So you you didn't do anything. You didn't do any of your homework. You just went over next door and like hung out with your best friend. Mm-hmm. But, um, so Sarah goes to the neighbor. She's doing her homework. She's kind of like she's making cookies. She's doing whatever she needs to do. And then, um, she's looking at the movies because she's eventually she asks to take a movie home so her dad can watch it and as she's looking at the mo- in the movies kind of blurred behind her is the older woman who ate the biscuit in the beginning mm-hmm. and she is she doesn't have dementia but there's something wrong with her where she's basically like non-responsive to conversation mm-hmm. she's just kind of sitting uh stoic in a chair in her wheelchair mm-hmm. um and so in the background, as Sarah's looking in the movies, she's like kind of going like this. Mm-hmm. And her to the mouth point where, like, like open slowly. Yeah. 
that was that's what got me like you you she was kind of like jotting around which you know was it's it's with people who have dementia or disorders like that like that's not so weird but it's it was the stop like she stopped and her mouth like slowly opened into mm-hmm. like pitch blackness um and that woof <laughs> that's what scared me it's, yeah it's very creepy but then like sarah goes in the, like nothing happens in that moment like sarah goes to the other room and as she's she's like i should go like can i borrow this my dad's gonna be home soon mainly because she like when you're like 11 or 12 and you've been around older people for a while you're like i'm too cool for this i want to go um because you know you haven't learned to be nice mm-hmm. but she packs up her stuff gets ready to leave um and as she's leaving the older woman is like back to normal but the dog is like staring at her mm-hmm. and barking at her is he barking i thought he was like dead frozen he might be growling i thought he was growling yeah. i think he was yeah, like, making all noise after. it was growling and uh, what take what took me about the dog was that like it wasn't moving like there was you dogs are not creatures that stand still <laughs> there is always something moving on a dog um whether it be their tail their nose their eyes like there's always something reactive going on and that dog mm-hmm. um was stood the hell still the only movement you could see was that it was breathing um and and that that was something so i'm laughing as our producer just said we're only 14 minutes this is what you guys tune in for um but yeah so like the dog like, I don't know, if you don't have a pet, you don't understand, like, how weird it is when an animal finds something wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, the only way I can, it, I mean, it's not disgusting. Cats, especially, like, if you're in pain in any way, a cat will, like, purr and curl. Like, mm-hmm. animals know, yeah. is the point. Animals know when something's up. And that dog was, like, Grr. And then, so, you know, Sarah, I guess, being a child who's never had a pet, was, like, you gotta go. And she mm-hmm. <laughs> ignores the fact that this dog um, and then goes home for a while. Joel doesn't get home till 10, even though he promised her nine. Um, she gives him his gift. They put on a movie together. They're like having a normal night. Mm-hmm. Um, and as they're watching this movie, and like she even asks, Sarah, to her credit, asks multiple times throughout this whole section, like, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, what is the news saying is the news like she's very aware that something's going on but like it's before you had a phone you can just google what's up like mm-hmm. I, that's why i like i think i like it's 2003 because in 2013 you could have very easily grabbed your phone and saw what was going on but like i like that she she has no idea um but she goes through like she goes and they watch a movie together they're hanging out that kind of stuff. Um, and then about an hour into the movie, Joel gets a phone call from Tommy that he's in jail because he was like, some guy was going crazy and I fought him and then I got arrested. So the idea there is that Tommy was fighting someone with that was infected. Yeah, yeah. And then and survived. 
when he talks about being in jail, he's like, it's crazy here. Like, so that's implying too that like things are happening and people are acting mm-hmm. really weird in jail. And it's not the first time we see people like even before the 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 old woman, we see um uh the kid with the reflection uh in in Sarah's class, like jiggling their hand. Um mm-hmm. and that's that was like a nice early sign. But- it basically like Sarah gets put to bed. She was sleeping on Joel, which, you know, wish that was me. Um, she gets put to bed. Joel goes, picks up Tommy. In the process of picking up Tommy, Sarah has, like, woken up. It's, like, two something in the morning because there's, like, fireworks and stuff going off um, near their house because it's people, like, it is everyone trying to be, like, what the fuck's going on, like, and blowing things up and trying to figure out. Um what outbreak day is because it ends up being the outbreak day but it is like no one knows what's going on at that moment mm. um sarah trying to find her dad goes downstairs the dog is at the wind like mercy the dog from next door mm-hmm. is at the window sarah's like what are you doing out here and instead of just staying in her house and minding her own damn business sarah which listen the millers i love them to death they made so many mistakes just mm-hmm. stay in your fucking house with a gun mm-hmm. you have you have so many things just go like and just sit there. No one mm-hmm. fucking bothered you. Um, and so they, Sarah is like, let's, let's take you home. Like a fucking idiot. And so she goes next door. She walks in. She gets blood on her white vans. Because she walks in and the old lady has eaten everybody. And mm-hmm. she's little tendrils. And she's like, she looks like Davy Jones. She's like, oh. <laughs> yes. or the She looks like Davy Jones or the Ood from Doctor Who. She's like, blah, blah. And Sarah's mm-hmm. like, bah. And so she runs out the saloon doors um, and in a series of moments where no one shuts a door in this show, Mm -hmm. Sarah just runs out the front door. And luckily in that moment, Joel and Tommy pull up at the truck. Joel murders an older woman with a wrench. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Just takes a fucking wrench door. um, And then goes, uh, they get Sarah in the car. And it's like, what I really liked about this section is the unknown aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mine and Ashley's friend, Jonna, talked a lot about how she liked how, like, she thought it was them hinting that uh, Sarah was infected. And I was like, no, it's just Sarah was worried about being infected in the same way that a lot of us, when we didn't know what COVID was or how to kind of interact with it, mm-hmm. were worried about things. Like, oh, well, like, can I get it if someone in a room of, 2,000 people if one person hadn't it's like unless that person was within your radius no you're fine mm. kind of deal um and I liked that when she's in the car and she's kind of like they said it was if you were in town like but for how long did I need to be in town to be worried about this mm-hmm. and so that was really cool mixed in with like literal shots from the video game yeah I really appreciated that like it you you play through that that, mm-hmm. that getaway um and and it's just like there are some like direct shots from the game that i i really liked shots from the game mixed with just genuinely being how i think a lot of people would escape something where everyone had like we Same all have idea. to go somewhere we all have to like it's just chaotic and so mm-hmm. mixed with like planes crashing because you know obviously there are infected people on these planes and people are like what the fuck does this mean mm-hmm. or mixed with like planes trying to like emergency land and like a bunch of different 
things all happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that chaos was like both controlled and very chaotic at the same time, which I, I liked. But in the second sequence of the Millers Don't Shut Doors, they accidentally uh, crash the car because a plane that is what we can assume has infected on it crash lands in Austin. And um, so they're like, the, the car flips over. Sarah injures her leg in that process. Mm-hmm. That was of importance. Sarah injures her leg um, in there. Like, when they wake up, Joel is with Sarah and he's like holding her and Tommy's on the other side of the car, which is like, it's a bunch of fire where they can't see each other. And they're like, okay, we'll meet by go to the water. Like we can meet over there. We can walk loop around. Mm-hmm. And so Joel ends up surrounded by a bunch of infected to which one guy stands up and is like, it kind of looks like um, Vincent D'Onofrio in (laughs) men in black like he's like Mm -hmm. and then just chases after him but they run through a restaurant to which joel has like four doors he can shut Mm -hmm. well i mean to his credit the the thing about the infected in this show is that they are incredibly powerful Mm -hmm. and incredibly fast like that old woman could not move before and that we got graceful she got infected and she was like jumping and that's the same case with this guy. Like, he bashes through doors and he, like, crashes through, like, home appliances and, like, it's just really heavy stuff that he's, like, throwing his whole body into. And apparently that body mass is enough to just, like, completely cause chaos in these rooms. Yeah. Um, and now, so none that, of them are graceful. Not no, a single not a, No. It's absolutely a chaotic, chaotic movement. Like, I'm really impressed with, like, the 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 combination of like stunt work and animation in that in that yeah. sequence is really 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 cool because like you know you you we've seen some limits and some differences on like shows like The Walking Dead or like other zombie shows but like this kind of shows you exactly what the stakes are when someone is newly infected you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, it's really cool and um, and so Joel's running running away and like it straight up just like it looks like they're done for um and someone shoots the infected mm-hmm. and so joel and sarah are standing there and they're like okay cool and they look at this guy with a gun and they're like we're not infected we're like she's just injured we were in a car it, he didn't say a car crash which i feel like would have been important information to offer up in that moment yeah. it's just like she's just injured we're fine like we're not infected she's just injured and so then this guy gets orders like to just murder them both like not mm-hmm. like he even says one injured and they're like kill them both so it's like oh fuck those guys um but the guy shoots at them joel gets like clipped and so he thinks that's like he that's all that happened Mm -hmm. um and the guy who shot them then gets killed by tommy who Mm -hmm. has come around to meet them and um in the midst of it sarah got shot by the man um, and she is dying in Joel's arms, mm-hmm. which I'm so sorry for this. Bloody arm is so good. <laughs> oh, my God. No, bloody Jesus. arm is so good. 
here's what you can expect on this show. Rachel will point out all of the sexy stuff and then I'll try to level it out and go like, <laughs> and that was one of the best performances in the episode, really. Like, it really shows you the uh, the, the length of Pedro Pascal's uh, acting talent. <laughs> and I'm like, that bloody arm, though. Um, <laughs> giving away a lot of my thoughts. Um, mm. But yeah, um, and that is... <laughs> The second section. To be fair, the third section, there's not much to really unpack because it's kind of just like slowly setting up what the apocalypse is like. Mm -hmm. So the first two sections are a lot to kind of undo. And we'll fly through the third section because there's not that much new information. Mm -hmm. Um, So now we're in 2023. 20 years later, Joel Mm -hmm. Miller is 56 years old. He just looks like 47-year-old Pedro Pascal. With mm-hmm. some grayer hair. I'm not mad about it. He just doesn't no, not at all. the exact same. Um, and uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about 2003? Uh, no, no, I really, I mean, I, I, the, like I said, like the way that ended, it's really, it's one of those like super emotional performances from, from Pedro mm-hmm. that I, I appreciated a lot. Like you, you, you absolutely see like, you know, he survives that event, but his life ended on that day. Like, as yeah. far as anything, anyone is concerned, like that is where he died with Sarah. Um, and when we meet him again in 2023, like, you know, he his, he is a dead man walking. Like he is just surviving because he, he has no other choice. Like he's just surviving. It's, it's survivor's yeah. guilt. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent survivor's guilt that he survived, but his daughter didn't. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's one of those things where it's like, so then you cut to 2003 or 2023 mm. um, and he's in Boston and the way that the world is set up is there's Fedra, which is basically like, sorry, you know what? He's in Star Wars. It's fine. And I'm a nerd. It's basically like the Empire kind of control where Fedra <laughs> is like, everyone has to be inside. Everyone has to do this thing. Um, despite like, which is the opposite of like the walking dead where you can kind of do your own thing mm-hmm. in the apocalypse. Like you can go to those kind of Fedra ish organizations, or you can go to like, whatever this is like Fedra's kind of the overruling power that be. Um, mm-hmm. And Fedra's basically like, here's your, curfew you have to be in your apartments if you're out we're going to assume you're infected or you might be infected and then you have to go into quarantine and it's this whole thing um and so joel is living with tess who another change uh he's a little little spoon in a relationship with tess mm-hmm. which is not not in the game because in the game it's hinted at that they're together but it's never confirmed and in fact I think Tess says something like, I've always kind of loved you, but you, you've you not shown an interest in the game. I can't remember, though. Mm-hmm. But it's that kind of vibe versus the show where they're, like, together. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a lot of this is just setting up how their dynamic was mm-hmm. prior to, like, the how, where the game kind of kicks off. Um, which I liked. I liked getting more time with Tess because I like, much like Sarah, I loved Tess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I she's another one of those components where, like, you know, you, you it, these shifts from the game aren't like in your face, but it's like a subtle shift that makes for 
a much more like important character. Like you meet her earlier. Um, you're invested in her story. Uh, like almost before you like you you see Joel like he's there, but like there's some intense stuff going on with Tess when we meet her, and I think it yeah. kind of like boosts her role her role in like a major way. Well, because and you see Joel in like one of the most like I'm dead inside ways possible in media which mm-hmm. is so the two, 2023 starts with a child walking in the woods with like fucked up shoes um and he is looking for Fedra to like take him in he gets there they figure out he's infected because they have like these devices that'll say infected or not mm-hmm. um and they show you where you're bit and how long which I liked shows you where you are bit and how long it takes for you to become infected based on your bites mm-hmm. um and this kid, like, they're lying to him. They're like, he's probably, like, 10. And they're like, we're going to get you a bunch of toys. We're going to get you all these things. And then the next time you see him, he's in a body bag because he's infected. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a woman in this scene is like, I'm not I'm not picking that child. Like, I'm not putting him in the fire. Mm-hmm. I'm not burning that body. Um, and then that's when you see Joel. And Joel willingly just burns this child in such a way where he just is like, I don't fucking care. And just, like, kills a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, the kid's dead, but, like, burns a child. And I was like, oh, this man's fucked up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, <laughs> and that's how we're kind of reintroduced to him in the 20-year jump, even though it's been, like, two seconds. But, mm-hmm. um, but Tess, that's what Katrina was saying, is... They're trying to find a car battery so that Joel can go check on Tommy because he hasn't heard from Tommy in a couple of days. And Tommy's in Montana, I think, or Wyoming. Wyoming, yeah. Um, and so they're trying to get this car battery and the guy who had a car battery like sold it to someone else. But in selling it to someone else, beat up Tess. <laughs> and so then like the Fireflies are doing... Uh, the Fireflies, which is a group of rebels essentially, who hate Fedra, are just, like, blowing shit up mm-hmm. to be, like, fuck you guys. But it's also, like, as you learn later in the episode, to distract them from what they're really trying to do. Um, and so in the midst of all of that, Tess escapes. But Fedra, being a bunch of, like, imperial fucking assholes, do not listen to her when she's like, I'm not a firefly. So they further beat her up and put her in jail. Mm-hmm. And so then she comes home to Joel, where they cuddle, and then he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm about to fight some bitches," because mm-hmm. she's beat up. Um, and she's like, "No, no, no! Don't beat anybody up, but you can go and fight this guy who sold our car battery to somebody else." Um, and then in the mix of them trying to find the guy who sold their car battery to someone else, they get wrapped up in the fireflies and their nonsense. Because mm-hmm. the fireflies have my small child, Bella Ramsey, aka Ellie, mm-hmm. who is going by the name Veronica, mm-hmm. um, in their custody um, because she, which we know by the end, I don't remember if they say it in the like when she's locked up. Oh no, they, uh, Marlene does say it. She got bit by infected but it has completely healed and she's fine she hasn't turned Mm -hmm. and so they keep going in they're like count to ten what's your name 
say all this. And Ellie being a smart ass will like flip them off and say shit and be like rude to them in the process mm-hmm. of them just making sure she's not going to turn and turn everybody into a clicker. Um, but yeah. And then it's just like that whole, the, the whole 2023 section that we do get to see with the exception of, I miss, I skipped over the part where Joel goes to the radio guy who every time he starts talking, I think is Mark Marin, but is never Mark Marin. Nope. No, um, not at all. Mm-hmm. It, they, like one of the parts that is different from the game Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the game, Tommy and Joel haven't spoken. Yes, yeah. Tommy and Joel have like separated. They're a bit estranged uh, in mm-hmm. the game. So, so it's it's interesting that like the driving force for Joel to get going is to go find Tommy, and that's how he crosses paths with the Fireflies and with um, with Ellie, and that's how they they mm-hmm. meet. Is uh, he and Tess are out getting that going to look for that battery and looking for what is it, his name robert um and they find robert hella dead <laughs> yeah by blood again this show has a lot of just like and here is blood on the floor and that's mm-hmm. how you know something's going on mm-hmm. which i appreciate because i i don't dislike scary movies but i don't love a jump scare me neither um, so i do yeah. appreciate that this show is kind of like here's blood be aware um, mm-hmm. This one was not scary at all. They like opened the door. The guy who had the car battery for them dead. Um, Tess goes and realizes that the car battery in general was not working, and he tried to fuck over two people. Mm-hmm. They figure out that the person he was trying to fuck over was Marlene and the Fireflies. Mm-hmm. Um, who Marlene is from their game. It is the same actress, um, and in the show. She's already kind of told Ellie what the deal is, that they're going to take her to the Fireflies because they think she's immune. Mm-hmm. But the problem is within the battery fight, there was like, it was a shootout. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Marlene got shot. And then Marlene's friend uh, no longer has an ear partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure if those two are in love. They might be in love. They seemed in love and I would love that. But yeah, I'd support that. Um, the one does not have an ear in one of the funniest moments of this whole episode where she was like, shut up, you don't even have an ear. And then the camera just mm-hmm. hand onto her ear. Um, but the scene also had Ellie just straight up getting thrown into a wall. Ellie and Joel's introduction to each other is Ellie trying to launch herself at Joel. And as he's launching her, as she's launching herself, he literally just goes, poof, and just like throws her into the nearest it is, yeah, it is, I mean, the way, it, I, 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 you know, not to, like, throw spoilers around or anything like that, but the way their their relationship is introduced is so, like, chaotic and rough, you know? And it's all for, like, an, a reason and stuff. Like, these characters are about to travel together, go on a journey, mm-hmm. you know, stuff happens on journeys, we find ourselves, blah. But um, <laughs> we, uh, we, we see them kind of, like, uh interact like that and i i think it's just like it's funny because like they're fighting but it's the first real look we get at the chemistry between bella ramsey and and pedro pascal um and how like quick they are with each other like you you i don't know i i'm i'm really interested in like 
seeing their dynamic develop because of this introduction. I think it was really, really good. Yeah, it's so funny. It literally just gets thrown into a wall and then is stepping on her knife and just like they're just being assholes to each other mm-hmm. right out the gate in such a way that is like genuinely funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like watching her get thrown where she thinks she's going to outsmart him. Perfect. <laughs> Funniest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just basically Marlene being like, the difference is in the game Joel fucking hates the fireflies doesn't trust them doesn't like them in the show they seem to have a rapport where like he's not a firefly but he's like I'm not fully against what you guys are doing mm-hmm. um, and so he, it's like when she asks him to do this they like make a deal that is a lot easier than I think it was in the game which is just simply like you have your guys get us a car battery and get us all this shit and we'll bring the kid to them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what we want. We'll bring the kid to them, but you need to give me all this stuff. Um, and they're like, deal. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of how we get to Joel because Marlene's bleeding out. And she was like, I, I physically can't leave right now. I have to like heal up and then I can go. Um, and so Joel, Ellie, and Tess are like, we're rolling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go back to Joel and Tessa's apartment where Ellie figures out how Bill and Frank kind of communicate via song mm-hmm. to Joel, which is really cute. Um, because yeah. she sees the book, she sees the codes and she's like, what does the eighties mean? And Joel like slams the book shut and is like, it's none of your business. And so he goes to bed um, after the two of them have a little tiff about his broken watch, which is the watch from Sarah. Mm-hmm. And when he wakes up, she makes some comment about how Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go was playing, which is an 80s song. Um, and so he makes a noise and she's like, got it. Um, and mm-hmm. so she like f- basically fucked him over so she could figure out what the code was. Mm-hmm. Um, all this to get them set up to kind of go beyond the wall. Mm-hmm. And get Ellie where she needs to go. And so Tess, Joel, and Ellie go. They meet a guard that Joel had earlier given pills to. And they, they had a rapport. This guy who was an ally for the most part, which was like, I need these pills. I'm going <laughs> to kind of like let Joel get away with what he's doing. And was going to let them get away with what they're about to do. Because um, he even said, like, you're going to do this for free. Like, they were going to have to basically do what they were doing for no money at all. Mm-hmm. But it was, this guy was going to let them go versus like anyone else in that organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ellie stabbed him, revealed that she was infected. And then Joel was like, you guys shot my daughter. And then just beat the shit out of this man. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's and, like, oh. Yeah, I mean that's that's the ride of the episode, y'all. Like it is, it is uh, wild from top to bottom because like Tess and Joel then have to like take Ellie, knowing that she is infected, um, and continue on into the uh, the unknown regions of Boston. Yeah, and it, with a child who genuinely like she gets over the wall and is oblivious to how anything works, like she stood up and was like, "What's this?" <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
and that's like the gist of it obviously go and watch it yeah um, i uh i really yeah. i enjoyed the pilot very much it made me feel like i needed to like sit with myself for a moment after after the pilot and just kind of like process my emotions and stuff mm-hmm. like that and uh and i i really enjoyed it like it it uh it rang um very strongly with me and i think that like everyone in this episode gave like a bang up of a performance it was incredible it's just like one of those pilots that like i don't know i thought it was it, it was a great adaptation i think it did a really good job mm-hmm. and left us with enough of a cliffhanger that it's like cool like if you don't know the story you're like i want I, i'm ready to tune in and then if you do you're like great like i'm excited to see how they do this next section um of the story and so i'm just really excited about that nice yeah yeah absolutely i i think the setup was really great i like the honestly very subtle changes from the game i think it worked um when it came to adapting it to tv and so uh yeah i'm uh, you know i was already on board because we have to do these recaps every week but now i'm like emotionally on board to continue the show um and i'm really excited to see future episodes yeah um and yeah and so with that everybody we get to bring this into my favorite time of the week where oh, i yes. get to sing stash 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 the stash on everybody's lips is gonna be Joel Miller's. Because um, <laughs> we are picking two Joel Miller stashes this week. It's Pedro Pascal's stash. Of course. We're doing the, it's a Joel Miller stash. Um, Katrina, do you want to go first? Since yes. yours technically is earlier in the timeline. Yes, yes. My uh, stash of the week is the uh, I'm 36 years old stash. Uh, it's, it's a full young stash. You could tell the makeup artists really just like put their heart and soul into this thing. Um, if you are Latina, Latino, Latine, uh, you have had an uncle with this mustache. Um, (laughs) it is, it is a quintessential mustache. And, uh, and it was also just like that, that one moment in the show where he's just like, I'm 36 years old. I'm like, no, there's no way. You're two years older than me. <laughs> oh my god. Um, for me, it is. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. Ah uh, yeah. Andrew Pascal sitting on a couch, just lounging with his legs completely spread open, making my life a living hell. Yep, that's one hell of a shot. <laughs> this is so stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> This is just so stupid. This whole show is just so stupid. Why? 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 Just so hot. Oh my god. Men in their forties. So hot. Honestly, whole sea of them. They Mm -hmm. hit forty, and it's suddenly like the fuck is going on in the water. Mm -hmm. Um, that's one of them. Oscar Isaac's one of them. The Chris's yep. minus the one notable. Um, oh yeah, not that Chris. Or some, not that Chris. Chris's. The other yeah, ones yeah. though. They're in their forties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just oh, so hot, stupid. Um, and I can say from experience, it just gets worse. 
mm-hmm. just genuinely hot the entire time. Um, <laughs> this is not the only episode where I inappropriately went hot in the middle of it. Um, so that's something to look forward to on The Last of Us in Padre Pascal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, guys, that's the that is the pilot of The Last of Us, and this episode is roughly about as long as. As the pilot, yes. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um, we did it. It's as long as the pilot. Oh um, boy! But yeah, genuinely, uh, quick, genuine, genuine thoughts. I think it was just very. It, it was a good episode. It was a good pilot. It kind of set everything up you needed, but also kept you on your toes. You don't know everything, um, and I really like that. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be. I think people are gonna like it. And if people don't like it, don't tell me. Um. <laughs> But those are my thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I am uh, a big scaredy cat uh, when it comes to spooky, scary shows. Maybe not spooky shows, but definitely scary shows. Um, there's a difference. And mm-hmm. I yeah. definitely see myself continuing um, to enjoy this particular scary show. Uh, like you said, there's like little to no jump scares. And that's what I really appreciate about it. Like it's mm-hmm. not, I don't have to worry about like, my heart rate um too hard with the show so i like that but at the same time like the touching is high the stakes are high and uh and i think that the creature work the, the introductory to it that we got um was really really cool and i'm excited to see the monsters in this show yeah same um guys if you liked this chat about the pilot of the last of us lucky for you we have eight <laughs> more episodes of us if you didn't bully for you, we have eight more episodes of this. Um, and we will be doing it with the Mandalorian as well. But we're going to have, we'll get some guests. We will talk with our friends. Be like, come on on. Come talk about The Last of Us with us if you want on a Sunday at whatever time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, please yeah. like, rate, review, subscribe, tell your mom. Um <laughs> Yes, telling recaps every single week uh, for this show. And so we would like to have you back over and over and over again to listen to us months after this old man. To my college professors, if you are listening to this, you were there when I found out Oberyn Martell died. So you shouldn't be surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, let us know what you guys think. Let us know what you want us to talk about with this show. Um, And let us know your thoughts. If we think they're funny, maybe we'll read them on air. I don't know what we're up to. Oh, I love um, reading tweets. I love reading posts. Love it. Love it. Read them out loud. Uh, Katrina, yeah. tell the people where they can find you. My goodness. Well, if you look for me, you can find me anywhere uh, at O Katrina. That's O-H-C-A-T-R-I-N-A. I will also be here every Monday doing them recaps. Uh, and I have other podcasts and projects that you can find if you look for that name that I just gave you. Um, I'm so tired. I can't, I can't think of anything else. <laughs> I am Rachel Leishman at Rachel Leishman at Rachel underscore Leishman on Instagram, but at Rachel Leishman on Twitter. Um, you can find me all over the internet and follow Padro Pascal. It's at Padro Pascal on Twitter, Instagram, make Pedro Pascal want to be a guest on this show. Go ahead and add him in our Instagram posts since he deleted Twitter and some of us can't. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. Let us know your thoughts. And until next time, 
e bye 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 bye